The best health care is there in ways big and small. There when we most and least expect it. We may not see it, but we feel it. It lets us know we're not in this alone. Everyone deserves a healthcare partner who never quits. One who's there for what matters. United Healthcare, there for what matters. It's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings, everybody. My name is Brandon Jones. I was asked to answer a few questions to help with the dialogue for this session. So I hope that my perspective can add and contribute and help you all process as much as possible uh, throughout not just this session together, but for you to take with you long term as well. A little bit about my background. Uh, I used to be a mental health therapist myself. I no longer practice clinically, but now I run a mental health education nonprofit called Minnesota Association for Children's Mental Health. And what we do is we work with professionals, parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the system of mental health throughout the state of Minnesota. So some of the things that I'm gonna share with you are things that we have at our organization that could be accessible, resources and tools. And some of them are just based on my experience as a therapist and someone who's worked in the community for quite some time. The first question that I was asked was, what do we mean when we say mental health? What do we mean when we say mental health? This is a big question. Mental health means something to everybody that's a little different. Mental health can be somewhat subjective based on who you're talking to, um, what you're talking about, things of that nature. However, I think one thing that's very clear that we need to have is context when discussing mental health. And one of the things on context that I believe is important is the difference between mental health and emotional health. Mental health refers to a person's cognitive and psychological well-being, and it encompasses the overall state of your mind. This includes your thoughts, your ability to reason, and even sometimes your intellectual capacities. Where emotional health focuses more on a personal's, person's emotional well-being. And this includes your ability to manage and express your emotions and manage and express your feelings and your mood in a healthy and constructive way. Those two things are like cousins. They're closely connected. They're somewhat related, but they also are different. And unfortunately, as young people, as you're learning and growing and developing, your brains are developing, sometimes we get those two things mixed up. And sometimes we are addressing emotional health problems with mental health strategies or mental health problems with emotional health uh, health strategies. So it's important that you understand the difference between the two and that you build tools uh, to address both of them as you go as well. So again, mental health refers to the cognitive and psychological well-being. So your thoughts, your ability to reason, your stress activities and managing your stress and emotional health is more about how you feel, your emotions and your mood. Those two things, Those two things can get mixed up but we don't want them to interfere with your ability to get the help that you need. So understanding the difference between those two and understanding that they are closely connected is an important piece of understanding what quote unquote mental health is. Ultimately, your ability to take care of yourself is what's mainly important. 
some mental health disorders that people may have, you may need additional supports, whether that's with professionals or very close friends or family members or even medications, where some things don't require such supports. But regardless, no matter what it is, make sure that you're getting the help that you need based on what you're going through. Let's get into question number two. The second question is, are we making any assumptions? And we always make assumptions, especially when it comes to mental health. Sometimes we downplay the impact that our mental health is actually playing in our lives. Sometimes we overplay it. One of the biggest assumptions I think we make when it comes to Black youth is that their trauma that Black youth experience is the reason why they can't move forward or can't get things done. And I want to make sure that I share this message very clearly throughout today that the things that you have experienced, the trauma that you've gone through, doesn't define your life. It doesn't end your life. You should not identify with your trauma. It doesn't help. You should recognize it. And unfortunately, one of the biggest things you have to do is learn how to cope and work through it. Your trauma doesn't end your story. Sometimes it's a piece of your story, and sometimes they're big pieces, but it shouldn't be the ending. And unfortunately, I think what has happened is as we built our trauma awareness um, with things like adverse childhood experiences, historical trauma, and generational trauma, we've left this kind of open wound for folks to just to just sit in that and not understand why it's important to get those things, but help us move forward with them. So I spend a lot of my time and a lot of my focus on my work talking about something called post-traumatic growth, which helps people move beyond the trauma and close and beyond those wounds that, have, that they've experienced so that we can keep moving forward. I myself has, have experienced a lot of trauma growing up. I grew up in a domestic violence household. I've seen so much domestic violence. Most of my childhood memories are of some sort of physical interaction between my stepfather and my mother. Those things are not helpful. That trauma does not go away from me. But over time, I've learned to cope and deal with that trauma. Even to this day, if someone says my name, a male says Brandon in a particular tone, I still have a, a physical reaction to it due to how my stepfather used to say my name. Now, that doesn't mean that I run and cry and in a corner. It doesn't mean that I, you know, I can't, you know, pay attention or play with my children. It doesn't mean that I can't get my work done, but I recognize the trauma. I built the skills and the tools that I need to deregulate my body and I can move up forward with my life and talk to folks like yourselves about those experiences. You have the ability to be resilient in the face of the trauma that you've experienced. Sometimes you might not always have the support or tools, and that's why folks like myself and many of the folks that are here with you today are here to help you develop. So don't let your trauma define who you are, and don't let anyone uh, tell you that you can't do anything due to the trauma that you've experienced. That's one of the biggest things that I've seen over the past few years. Uh, yes, yeah, stuff happens. Stuff happens to you directly. Stuff happens to our, our culture. Stuff happens all the time, but it shouldn't stop you from living a healthy and constructive life. So that's one of the biggest assumptions that I think we uh, we see as a people. Question number three is, what is my assessment of youth and uh, Black youth and mental health? And my assessment is, I'm actually encouraged. This is probably the first time where young Black folks are really focused on their well-being and what and what they need to take care of themselves. And that's very encouraging. They want to have conversations about mental health. You know, for the longest of time, we've talked about stigma in our community when it comes to mental health. And I think that there's still a level of that there. 
but it's not just stigma. There's other barriers and hurdles there. It's not just that black folks are scared of mental health or scared of therapists or, you know, or we're afraid to, well, mental health therapy has not always been for black people. Um, it really wasn't for anybody, but affluent folks. Um, there's insurance barriers. Uh, there's not, there's not enough providers that look like us. There's representation barriers. There's a lot of different stuff. Mental health treatment is also expensive, but what I think, and this is where my encouragement comes from, is this new heightened awareness around mental health and young people want to do stuff. They're finding things to do to take care of themselves. And that's what's important. You can't just wait to talk to a professional. Some people do need to talk to a professional. Some people need medications. But if you're relying on those two things to be mentally or emotionally well, you're not going to reach your level of success because there's not enough providers. There's definitely not enough providers of color. And we can't just medicate our way through everything. That's not healthy. So we have to find constructive activities and constructive people, spaces, and places to help us with our well-being and to move forward. So coming to places like this is one of those opportunities to utilize to be constructive and to get some of those tips and some of that care and build some of those relationships that you need. So definitely utilize this, but don't let it stop tonight. Don't let it stop with the folks that are in the room. Keep building your network around your well-being. That's one of the best things that you can do. Don't be afraid to try new things. You know, when I when I one thing I've noticed about a lot of young black folks is that vulnerability is a really scary thing. And being vulnerable isn't just telling everybody your deepest, darkest secrets. Vulnerability sometimes for black folks is just being in new spaces, spaces where they feel uncomfortable because they've never been there or don't know anyone who's been there. Don't be afraid of that. Go ahead and step in and have that experience. Those experiences help build your character. They help develop your mindset and give you just a different perspective on life. And I think that that's one way that you can help heal a lot of young people is just stepping up and stepping out a little bit. The other thing is building healthy boundaries is another thing that I'm noticing a lot of young people doing a better job at is identifying what their boundaries are. But the key is this. Boundaries aren't just about saying no. That is an important part of it. Boundaries are the expectation of taking care of myself and how I expect to take care of myself and treat myself and then also how I expect other people to treat me as well. And when you're able to identify that and then figure out the best way to articulate it and share it with other people, that's how you create good boundaries. Unfortunately, what happens is many people don't know what their boundaries are until somebody crosses them. Don't let that be you. Identify your boundaries before you get into those tense situations so that it's not always a toxic dynamic that you have to process through. So that gives me a lot of hope. I see a lot of young Black folks really trying to identify what their boundaries are. They're really trying to seek new things and just be themselves, which is amazing. And we need more and more of that. That's how you are whole. That's how you engage in your healing process and your healing journey. We'll get back to the podcast in a minute. But first, you manage expenses, you manage risk, you manage market fluctuations, you manage productivity, inventory and delivery. And some days you just manage work with a banker who understands that helping your business through challenging times takes a thoughtful plan, creative thinking and a partner you can count on. Work with Bremer Bank, because understanding is everything. Put us to work for you today at Bremer.com. Ridership on Metro Transit is up. The number of folks taking buses, light rail, commuter trains has jumped by 21% over last year. This means more reliable, extended service and more connection for all of us riders. Have you noticed the expanded service on some key routes? 
Trips have been added to the Metro Orange Line and the frequency has improved to every 15 minutes. And the Metro A Line operates every 10 minutes between noon and 6 p.m. on weekdays. Not only that, the bus route that operates in the core routes 2, 10, and 18 all have weekday service increased to every 10 minutes between noon and 6 p.m. All across the system, you're seeing service that is available earlier and later and more service available on weekends. So come along for the ride on your Metro Transit. Election Day is almost here. On November 7th, important elections are being held across the Metro and it is time to plan your vote and make a difference in your community. Your vote matters. Your voice matters. Don't miss out on the chance to shape the future where you live. To register to vote, see who's on the ballot, and find your polling place, and more, visit mnvotes.gov slash poll finder. Again, that's mnvotes.gov slash poll finder. As the temperatures dip, it's leaf raking season. But what do you do with all those piles of leaves? Did you know that it's illegal to put your yard waste in your trash? In Ramsey County, you can drop all of your leaves, grass clippings, and branches at a Ramsey County Yard Waste Collection Site. That's where you can also take your pumpkins, hay bales, and corn stalks with any decorations removed. When you're at the Yard Waste Collection Site, you will see the designated piles where you can empty your bags of yard waste. And it's all free for Ramsey County residents. Find out more about what you can bring to a Yard Waste Collection Site at RamseyRecycles.com slash Yard Waste. That's RamseyRecycles.com slash Yard Waste. When I walked across that stage at my high school graduation, I was excited, but confused about my next step. Then I walked through the doors at Doherty Family College. Doherty Family College is part of the University of St. Thomas. It's a two-year college that lets you earn an associate's degree and puts you on a path to your bachelor's degree. Classes are small, so I have a personal relationship with professors committed to my success. Like the name says, they treat us like family. They call us scholars because they believe we could do anything we put our minds to. They set us up for excellence with free tutoring, and that's not the only thing that's free. Laptops, books, even breakfast and lunch, and bus fare. That's part of the package here at Doherty Family College. It's even free to apply. So do like I did. Go to dfc.stthomas.edu and set up a tour. We'd be excited to welcome you to our family here at Doherty Family College. Navigating the healthcare system for our families sure can get confusing, especially when your child is covered by medical assistance health plans. But Hennepin County Child and Teen Clinics is here to help. Their caring specialists can help you connect to clinics and specialists that take your coverage, whether you live in the city or the suburbs. At Hennepin County Child and Teen Clinics, they can help you find and schedule dentists who will provide dental care for your kids. No transportation to get to the doctor? No problem. Hennepin County Child and Teen Clinics can even help you get your kids to their appointments, whether it's for their annual checkup or if they're sick and need to see a doctor. These are your benefits, so take advantage of them. Hennepin County Child and Teen Clinics covers children from birth to age 20. They're here in your community to help your kids grow up strong and healthy. Need more information? Call 612-348-5131. That's 612-348-5131 for Hennepin County Child and Teen Clinics. The fourth question is this. As we begin the process of redefining mental health for youth, what does that look like? 
And before we start to define what mental health looks like for youth, I think we need to define what healing is. And we need to talk about being on a healing journey. One of the key things to understand about being emotionally and mentally well is that it's a process, it's a journey. It is not a destination. You will reach destinations on this journey, but that's not where it ends. You are going to be on a consistent life journey of healing. And how I define healing is this, and I encourage you to borrow or take this definition and work with it to fit your needs. But what I say is healing is a consistent process of efforts to create peace, balance, and justice. Healing is a consistent process of efforts to create peace, balance, and justice. In my career, I noticed that most of my clients were seeking peace in their life. They were seeking some level of balance, whether that was time and energy, how much that they were putting into other people versus themselves, how much they were being accountable versus being compassionate. Whatever it was, they were always seeking some balance in their life. And then the last thing is justice. People want their just due. They want to be treated correctly with correct action. And that's what I encourage you all to seek on your healing journey is peace, balance, and justice. So to me, that's a part of it. That's where it starts is understanding that it's a journey and that you're seeking those three things on your journey. So as we define mental health for Black youth, I think it's also important to talk about what type of things that Black youth are dealing with from an emotional standpoint. And what I've been able to identify is really five core emotions that many Black youth express on a pretty consistent basis. And when I say a consistent basis, I'm talking on the daily, like day to day. These are the things that come up when I hear the stories of Black youth or I hear them talk amongst themselves. Uh, when I hear them explain their experiences, the emotions that typically pop up are the, these five, shame, fear, anger, grief, and what I call the pursuit of happiness or hope, the, the thing that, you know, they always have some aspiration or a fantasy or even so, sometimes goals that they would like, but typically it's shame, fear, anger, grief, and hope. Those emotions are, for the most part, they're on the, you know, the negative, if you think about the emotion will, but those things drive a lot of what's happening in community and culture. And I wish I could flip those and not just have hope be the only thing that's somewhat positive. You know, I wish that I could have like aspiration, inspiration, um, you know, curiosity, pleasure, all these types of things as well to add to that list. But unfortunately, with so many Black youth, they have so many hurdles that they're jumping through that you all are jumping through on a consistent basis that you end up dealing with these five core emotions. But I do believe that there, there's more to it. And this doesn't mean that this is all the emotions that young Black youth um, you know, deal with, but there's a reason why we're having this summit. And that's because the things that are happening in community lead to these five emotions all the time. So as we're redefining it, those are the four, those are the five core emotions that I'm going, that I would address when it comes to being on that healing journey. So again, shame, fear, anger, grief, and hope. Think about those emotions. Think about how they're showing up in your life. If you're a youth worker or even a counselor or someone, a parent or caregiver, think about how in, in the lives of the young people that you are responsible for, how do these things show up and how are we addressing them or even at least having conversations with the young people about them? Again, I'm not saying it's all doom and gloom, but I am being honest about 
how I, what I hear, what I see. Uh, I'm, I'm currently doing a youth group right now over in North Minneapolis. And um, our last group was last week. We had about, it was about 11 or 12 young people, all between all middle school and ninth to ninth grade. They were all sixth to ninth graders. And it was all, these five emotions were all over the place in our dialogue. And we were talking about healthy relationships. So it's there. It's definitely there, but think about it, engage in these and have some good conversations and start to address these things to the best of our ability. So as we're redefining what mental health is, we have to address the context of what it is. We can't just say, all right, we're going to dance. We're going to have healing circles. We're going to sing together. We got to actually do the work and address some of the core issues that are impacting Black youth. And they'll let us know. <laughs> they tell us all the time. Uh, sometimes they're frustrated and angry with us, but these are the core things that many Black youth are facing, unfortunately. And then the last question that I was asked, well, what are some strategies? Um, I think one of the biggest strategies uh, for Black youth is really focusing on what I call sustainable wellness. So trying to sustain the well-being of young people. Um, really focusing on being more proactive with their self-care and taking care of themselves to the best of their ability. Every young Black person should learn a skill or a tool to regulate their nervous system. There's so much stimuli going on in community, sirens, uh, conversations, arguments. Living in a the city, there's always something happening, construction. Like there's, there's so much stimuli happening that you have to de- regulate and or not deregulate you have to regulate your body to the best of your ability and i think that when you're when you're in it you don't always realize how much you need to regulate because your body's always responding so then when you take black youth out of those environments and let's say you take them up north minnesota in the wilderness it's uncomfortable because they're they are uncomfortable because their bodies are not responding to all that stimuli and then they want to go they don't want to be there because they're like this feels weird because their bodies are deregulating. And I've done this. I've taken them to trips outside of the city just so that they can experience something different. And that nervous system starts to res respond to that new environment. And they're like, Brandon, we need to get the heck up out of here, man. <laughs> like, this don't feel good. But they need that. They need to be able to understand how to regulate their body and what their body is responding to all the time. And being proactive in that, I think, is key. Uh, making sure that we're helping young people find meaning and purpose in their life is so vital. Man, I meet so many young Black geniuses who they have these big, grandiose ideas, but they have no small ways, on, like goals on how to get there. So they just become fantasies for them. And then they start to lose the meaning and purpose of what they're doing every day. And that's unfortunate, but we have to encourage and engage that. You know, encouragement to a young person is like water to a tree. And unfortunately, a lot of Black young youth don't get the encouragement that they need um, from the from the adults, really, but definitely uh, their peers probably are the ones who are encouraging them the most. And then it's the young people who get in trouble, who get all the attention because we want them to change their behavior. We have to find ways to encourage the meaning and purpose in the lives of young Black youth. And then the last thing I would say with the sustainability is a sense of effectiveness. You know, when young people do things, we got to give them some credit and shout them out a little bit and show some love. And young people only get attention sometimes when they do the wrong thing. And I think that that's just backwards. We have to be able to pat them on the back and celebrate them for doing the right things. And I, I get it. The squeaky wheel gets the grease type of thing. But man, we have so many kids who are just stuck in the middle and they're just doing what they need to do and they don't get any attention because they're not causing any problems. 
but those kids are still responding because they're still in environments with the young people who are causing the problems. So they have this kind of double fold response, right? I'm not getting any attention from the adults and I'm still living in an environment where things are happening. So I have to protect myself and have to pay attention, but nobody really is paying attention to me. So it's an interesting phenomenon that goes on, man. We have to love upon our kids no matter what they're doing. Uh, and we have to show them that we do care and we are recognizing them and allowing them to be who they are. You know, I've seen kids who they've been teased because they like anime or skateboarding or they like K-pop or whatever. And they end up, you know, not being able to really like live their lives because they don't fit in this box. And I think we got to allow black youth to, you know, experience who they are and develop their own identities and not fit into these certain boxes. And that's for um, all black youth, rather, no matter what their gender or um sexual orientation is or whatever the case may be, just giving them the opportunity to live and develop is going to be key. So that's it. Um, those are the questions that I was asked to share. Uh, again, uh, you can see my organization. We have some you know, tips and tricks and things to help you with in general with your mental health, but I really want to talk to you about the context of mental health. I didn't want to come talk about what anxiety and depression is. You're going to get enough of that at the summit. I really wanted you all to talk about the context of what young Black folks are dealing with to make sure that they're they're whole, right? They're sustainable and their well-being and their emotional and mental states are where they need to be for the development. I have a lot of just, man, just so much admiration for young people and what they've been able to overcome and the level of resiliency that Black young people have. And I want to encourage every young person who's hearing my voice to keep going. If you've been through some tough stuff that is not in right there, you're, you're here. You're here at this summit. You're doing the work that you need to do. And I want to just encourage you to just keep moving forward and be as constructive as possible. So with that, I'm going to close out my portion here. I hope that I was able to add something constructive. I just want to say be safe, be constructive, and be well. Take care. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault or to learn more about Brandon Jones, log on to SheLetterMakesMeLaugh.com. The new COVID-19 vaccine has arrived and just in time. It's an effective tool to target the variants we know are circulating in our community right now. While this updated vaccine is recommended for all Minnesotans aged six months and older, it's particularly important that some folks get it. So who's at higher risk? Young children and people who are 65 or older are immunocompromised, have underlying medical conditions, or are pregnant. These are the folks who are most vulnerable to severe COVID-19 outcomes. They could become very sick or even need hospitalization if they get COVID-19. Variants are circulating in our community right now, and the updated vaccine is an effective tool to protect us. So check on your granddad, your auntie, and that lady next door to make sure they've got a plan to get the new vaccine and plan to take your little kiddos to their healthcare provider or your local pharmacy to get theirs. It's not just another day in your life. Things are changing for the better. At Comcast, we see those changes and we're thinking about how we use technology today to live, work, learn, and play. And we're building for the future now, so we're better prepared for the wants and needs of tomorrow. That's why Comcast is rolling out multi-gig internet speeds to more than 50 million homes and businesses before the end of 2025, making our already industry-leading network even faster, smarter, greener, and more reliable. Over the decades, 
Comcast has been your partner, working hard to serve your community, and will continue to be your partner. We're expanding our gigabits so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most. You know Shaletta makes you laugh, but did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. Election Day is coming up. I know you haven't seen many yard signs and your TV and radio aren't full of back-to-back campaign ads. But in Minnesota, there is an election on Tuesday, November 7th. In Hennepin County, voters will go to the polls to choose city council and school board members. And this year, eligibility to vote has been expanded. Under a new law, people who are on probation and parole for felony sentences can now cast their ballots. In Hennepin County alone, this extends the precious right to vote to 16,000 people. Are you not sure where your polling place is or how to vote early? It's easy to find out. Go to mnvotes.com slash myballot. That's mnvotes.com slash myballot. When you vote this year, you can make sure your registration is current or you can update it. And even more important, when you vote on November 7th, you can make sure your voice is heard. Here comes the sun. We all know that solar power can be a big part of the solution for our energy needs. Solar power is clean renewable, and best of all, that sunshine is cheap and plentiful. Sure, it sounds great to have solar energy added to the mix, but how are you going to do that? The answer is easier than you think. The answer is Community Solar. Community Solar lets you join a solar farm that produces energy on your behalf. Electricity is produced by your solar farm and goes out to your local power grid. That allows you as a Community Solar member to remain with Excel as your utility and earn solar credits, reducing your normal bill. You save big on electricity while you save the environment. And you can do your part to support clean energy without installing solar panels on your roof. That's right. There's no home visits, no equipment, new equipment, construction, or maintenance. You don't even need to own your home or be a member of a solar power. You don't even need to own your home to be a member of a solar farm. Renters can enroll and save too. Right now, if you go to mycleanchoice.com backslash Shaletta, you can get a $100 Visa gift card when you successfully enroll and are placed on a farm. Check it out. You can sign up for your membership in three minutes flat. Shaletta listeners, get going with Community Solar and get that $100 Visa gift card. Once again, your first step is to go to mycleanchoice.com backslash Shaletta. Our mental health is part of our total well-being. We're worthy of joy and self-care. Because when we see mental health, we see a community that cares. www.cmentalhealth.org Metro Transit is hiring. Right now, Metro Transit is looking for mechanics and technicians. 
These workers do the important work of diagnosing, repairing, and performing preventative maintenance on Metro Transit buses, light rail, commuter trains, and other vehicles. Metro Transit is hiring for maintenance of the way technicians for tracks and railway systems. Starting pay ranges from $29.72 to up to $41 an hour. If you're looking for a secure job that offers a great salary, competitive benefits, and a pension, look no further than Metro Transit. Right now, there's even a $4,000 hiring bonus for these positions. Sweet! Find out more at metrotransit.org slash mechanic dash hiring. That's metrotransit.org slash mechanic dash hiring. Keep your community on the move with a new career with Metro Transit. At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity. 